Welcome to the Bot Canon, where we take the first 100 words of a classic piece of human literature and give it to an AI to finish. Today, we're reading Anne of Green Gables by L.M. Montgomery. Mrs. Rachel Lynde lived just where the Avonlea main road dipped down to a little hollow, fringed with alders and ladies' eardrops, and traversed by a brook that had its source away back in the woods of the old Cuthbert place. It was reputed to be an intricate, headlong brook in its earlier course through those woods, with dark secrets of pool and cascade. But by the time it reached Lynde's hollow, it was a quiet, well-conducted little stream, for not even a brook could run past Mrs. Rachel Lynde's door without due regard for decency and decorum. It probably was conscious that Mrs. Rachel was sitting at her window, keeping a sharp eye on everything that passed, from brooks and children up, and that if she noticed anything odd or out of place, she would never rest until she had ferreted it out and settled it. The Avonlea ladies were very proud of Mrs. Lynde's sharp eyes. Of course, they were mine also, but that was beside the point. Mrs. Lynde was a thin, hard-visaged, wiry little body of about sixty, with a face habitually sour and a moment's hesitation in her smile. Her best friend was Marilla Cuthbert, whom she visited three times a week, and who sometimes was a little afraid of her. Her husband, who was dead, had been a terror and a rascal, Mrs. Lynde told Marilla once, and he had been the cause of her death. Yes, he frightened me to death, Mrs. Lynde said. She was a ghost now, and she kept the books from Mr. Allen in the Portage Review. Mrs. Lynde had one daughter, whom she drove into agonies of remorse and mortification by her independence and acidity of tongue. Now the daughter lived away from home with a schoolteacher, and Mrs. Rachel Lynde, the Avonlea doctor's daughter, was boarded at Green Gables. The day Mrs. Lynde met Anne, Marilla, coming home from Carmody, had popped in for a minute to borrow a teaspoon. "'Well, Rachel,' said Marilla, "'how are the folks in Avonlea? And how is Johnny Matson's tooth?' Mrs. Lynde snorted. "'Oh, I dare say, I dare say,' she said. "'Those Matsons are a set of preposters. Rachel Lynde don't believe in filling teeth except on Tuesday.' "'But Johnny Matson's is aching today.' "'And he should have had it filled Tuesday,' Mrs. Lynde replied. "'Say, where is Matthew?' "'He's lying down,' said Marilla. "'He's tired out. I gave him a tonic last night before I went to bed.' "'Did he now? Did he take his hot toddy?' demanded Mrs. Lynde with sarcasm. "'Yes, and it's my opinion, Rachel, that it's the fault of that orphan girl, Anne.' "'Anne Shirley,' cried Mrs. Lynde. "'You've told me about her.' Isn't she dreadful, Marilla, isn't she? I suppose Marilla Cuthbert thinks Anne Shirley has the most lovely face she ever saw, and she knows the best and sweetest little girl in all the world. Well, I suppose it all amounts to much the same thing, she added with sarcastic bitterness. Just at that moment, Anne came downstairs, followed by Mrs. Lynde's favorite cat. Oh, you pretty little witch, cried Mrs. Lynde. You've caught my pet. What's the matter? What's the row? demanded Anne. Can't a lady have a cat? A lady may have anything she chooses, retorted Mrs. Rachel, but if she has a cat, she must look out for squalls. Anne picked up Mrs. Lynde's cat and held it out of reach. Don't you dare, she said, you little cat stealer. My word, Rachel Lynde, I'll not let that cat go. It's going to break my heart if you take it away. Well, it's your own fault, retorted Mrs. Lynde. Cats always land on their feet, but you're always catching them on the way down. I'm surprised at you, Anne Shirley. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. What has Matthew been telling you about me? Nothing. Nothing, indeed. I suppose he told you that when I was alive, I nursed him through whooping cough and measles and stood by him when all the neighbors deserted him. Well, he didn't. Not Matthew, she added vindictively. He's never told anybody but Marilla Cuthbert how his mother nursed him when he was a baby. Anne gasped. Y you are Matthew's mother? She exclaimed. 
I am Matthew's mother, Mrs. Rachel returned, and I'll thank you to remember that, Miss Anne Shirley. Oh, I didn't mean... Oh, I didn't mean... stammered Anne, flushing guiltily. Mrs. Lynde sniffed. Young people don't have any respect for mothers any more, she said, and stalked out of the room. Anne was horrified. It wasn't that I didn't respect you, she said, rather tremblingly. I thought you was Mrs. Lynde's mother, and I never thought... Miss Cuthbert told me you had nursed Matthew, and I thought... Flounced out of the room, followed by the cat, which Anne still held. A few days later, Mrs. Lynde and Marilla were talking in Marilla's kitchen. Dr. Spencer, Marilla's family physician, had called upon Mrs. Lynde. Being dead, she couldn't get sick, but Dr. Spencer wanted to observe her all the same. He was amazed that she showed no signs of decay. It is very curious, he observed. Normally, dead people decay, but Mrs. Lynde is perfectly preserved. Her hair has not fallen out, her skin is as smooth as a girl's, and strangest of all, she has perfectly good teeth. Her teeth are naturally good, said Marilla. Mrs. Lynde smiled, revealing her perfect teeth. They were naturally good, she agreed, but I filled them Tuesday. For a few moments, no one spoke. Then Mrs. Lynde sighed. If I were alive, she explained, I would ask you to come and live with me. You would ask me to come and live with you? Marilla repeated in amazement. Yes, Mrs. Lynde explained, because I'm lonely since Matthew died. But Mrs. Lynde, where would Anne go if I lived with you? said Marilla. Oh, she would come as my guest, of course, said Mrs. Lynde, and after a while she would get tired of that and she would have to go somewhere else. Older people don't like to have young people around all the time. Anne overheard them and burst into the room, followed by Diana Barry. Marilla, gasped Anne, I can't stay here any longer. Marilla raised her eyebrows. But this is your home, Anne, she said. It's no place for a girl to live, exclaimed Diana. It's full of old people. You old people, said Anne indignantly. I thought you were angels. I'm no angel, said Mrs. Lynde, but I'm older than you are, Anne, and I don't wonder you would get tired of us. Old people and young people don't like to be around each other. Oh, Mrs. Lynde, said Anne, why did you want to come and live with me? Because I'm lonely, Mrs. Lynde replied. I'll be lonely too, said Anne wearily. Oh, how I wish you were young so we could live together. I wish I were dead, said Mrs. Lynde, because then I could come and live with you. Anne felt a shudder of horror pass through her. She caught Diana's sleeve and dragged her reluctantly out of the room. But she didn't get very far before Diana stopped her with a cry of wonder. Anne, she said, can't you see how lovely Mrs. Lynde's teeth are? Yes, said Anne miserably. And don't you think she's beautiful? I suppose so. Diana looked wistfully back. Don't you wish you were alive, Anne? No, said Anne firmly. Well, I do, because then she could live with us, said Diana. Don't be silly, said Anne. Her teeth aren't any better than mine. But her teeth are perfect, said Diana. So is my complexion, said Anne a little jealously. Diana sighed. I can't help thinking Mrs. Lynde is a darling, she said. Of course you think she's a darling, said Anne scornfully. You're always wanting me to have friends. Diana went home then, leaving Anne to wonder if she were the kindest, most generous girl in the world, or was it just possible that she was too selfish and vain to share her friends? Chapter 22 The next morning, Charlie Sloane came to call on Anne. He's been gone a week, Anne had been complaining about it to Marilla right as Charlie entered the room, and Marilla nodded. He's been gone a week, she agreed. Why do boys go away for three weeks and not get married, demanded Anne. Well, they don't go away for silly reasons, said Marilla. He must have had a good reason. 
I have, Charlie said, startling the two of them. I left to find out where this girl came from. Where? said Anne. Mount Repose, said Charlie. I knew there was something funny about her, said Anne. She's so poor and ugly. What a thing to say, Anne Shirley, Marilla said. Mrs. Lynde would hardly think you were very sympathetic. I know, said Anne in horror. I didn't mean to be. I won't worry you, said Charlie. It's an old story and there's nothing you can do about it. No, said Anne, rather relieved. I've learned my lesson now, and now I know when to keep my mouth shut. I suppose you found out. How did it happen, Charlie? Mrs. Lynde, said Charlie solemnly, was left at the altar. She's never really been a missus, and then she died when Johnny was still a baby, and old Mr. Pendleton and his wife were left with Johnny and her two other children. Poor Mrs. Lynde, said Anne. But why did she want to leave her home and come live with me and Diana? Because she thinks you two are swell, said Charlie. Then she's as blind as Grandpa, said Anne. She isn't blind, said Charlie. She sees just as well as I do. Anne Shirley, said Marilla. What a rude thing to say. I'm sorry, said Anne, but Charlie's very annoying. Charlie only laughed. I think Mrs. Lynde is lovely, he said loyally. So do I, said Anne, only she's so silly. Why, said Charlie, you mustn't think she's silly just because she doesn't think the same way you do. But I always do think the way I do, said Anne. Not always, said Charlie. I've known you change sometimes. Mrs. Lynde overheard all of this from the other room and felt hurt. She could not understand why Anne should talk like that about her. She supposed it was because Anne was disappointed because she and Charlie would not be married. Anne probably thought Mrs. Lynde was trying to steal Charlie away from her. I'm sorry, Mrs. Lynde, Anne appeared in front of her. I shouldn't have said all that. Mrs. Lynde hung her head sadly. No, Anne Shirley, you have a right to feel all that. Nobody wants to spend time with me because I'm poor and silly and old. You aren't old, said Anne. You might be old, but you're not. Anne's words made Mrs. Lynde feel much better about herself. Thank you, Anne Shirley, she said. You're very good to me. And Anne and Mrs. Lynde both knew that was the way it should be. If you have a suggestion for a book or would like to be a guest reader on a future podcast, please email us at thebotcanon at gmail.com or tweet at us at thebotcanon.